Welcome to the Renaissance Church Podcast. Our mission is to glorify God and to make disciples by bringing the gospel into all of life in all the earth. This is Chris Kipp, lead pastor of Renaissance Church here in Richmond, Texas. And if you've not joined us in a worship gathering or at a house church yet, we would love to have you join us. You can find out more information at rin-church.org. And I pray that you are encouraged and edified by the proclamation of God's word today. Today I want to talk about who we are in Christ. It's very important that we know our position in Christ. A guy told me a story of uh, this traveler who was at the airport. He missed his connection. And he goes to the customer care service. He was fuming. Started banging the counter. You know how that is at some airports? <laughs> it's no fun when someone misses a plane. Banging the counter. I need to be in that flight right now. And that's the last flight to my house. Oh, he was fuming and holding the line and everything. They told him, you have to sit down, say, until I need to be in that flight right now. And he goes, do you know who I am? Then the lady on the counter says, oh, you don't? And she goes, Hello, everyone. Does anybody know who this guy is who can help us identify him? Well, I don't know if that's true or not, but it came from Texas. So it has to be true. <laughs> I want you to turn your Bible, 1 Corinthians 5, verse number 20. 1 Corinthians 5, verse number 20. I will read the first half of it where it says, so we are Christ's ambassadors. Very, very profound. God making his appeal as it were through us. Now there are a lot of titles that God calls us. And I'm going to bring to your attention some of them. And there are several titles that he gives us so that we may have confidence in him. Number one, he calls us sons. And the evidence is in the book of Genesis, where God created the first human. And God was his source. And there was no other source for his survival and for his life. Actually, in John 1, it says... All those who received him, he gave them power to be sons. So it's very important to know that, first of all, we are sons of God. Now, it doesn't matter whether you're a lady or a gentleman, but in this context, it means we are children of God. So that gives us the confidence to talk to God as our father. He also calls us saints. I know many people don't want to receive what God calls us. When you say you're a saint, they go, oh, not me, oh, no, I have flowers everywhere. But in John 17, Jesus says, sanctify them through thy word, for thy word is truth. So whether we like it or not, he calls us saints. 
The Bible says God calls those things which are not as if they are. That means we have to accept what God calls us to be. I know there are other messages that come from elsewhere. I won't go there today, but we choose to believe what God calls us and what he addresses us. Another word that is used in the Bible is that he calls us citizens. And it says in Philippians 3 verse number 19, our citizenship is in heaven. So that means this earth is a temporal place. It is a joke to try and build all your life here on earth. Because if you look around and look at your family, your family members, people that you loved are no longer with us. I guess in every family that's represented here, you have lost someone, loved one. It may be a friend. And that's enough sign to say, we are here for a moment. That's why the Bible says we are citizens, but this is not our home. So our citizenship is in heaven. Look, let me go back to the word ambassador. That's the one I want to talk about. That one means accredited diplomat sent to represent his country in another. In a way, we are sent to represent heaven here on earth. So our assignment is stand to stand on that which we believed and defend that which we know to be right. So in the business world, they have ambassadors too. Those are people that stands in the shopping area or any place which is designated for them to protect or defend their product. They are there to talk about the product that they are standing for or on behalf of their company. So ambassador is a very, very powerful word. Therefore, ambassadors are watched by the country that is sending them. That means the country that sends you is the country that watches everything that you do. That's how ambassadors work. The Bible therefore says that God's eye moves to and fro to support those that are completely his. So we have our support system from heaven. That's why the Bible says that we don't fight against the flesh and blood, but against principalities in heavenly places. So it's not our battle. You might have a battle. I don't know what your battles are, but that battle is not yours. If you can understand that Jesus Christ, if he is on our side, who can be against us? When you begin to understand the presence of God, even in the middle of the storm, that God is here, when you encourage yourself with those words, everything will go well. Because then you have confidence to know that the one who sent us as ambassadors will never leave us. And the Bible says, by the way, that I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. Now, ambassadors are appointed by the head of state. In the secular world, you have politicians. They have to run for their office. I don't know about here, but in Zimbabwe, all you need to do is make some noise, let people come, tell them a bunch of lies, you are in. But you have to run for that office. But an ambassador, you don't have to run. You get a phone call. You are appointed. So the Bible says, you did not choose me. That is in John 15, verse number 16. You did not choose me, but I chose you. So every one of us were chosen by God. We didn't do anything to be saved. If it were, if it were about vote, 
that you would be voted in to be a son of God. Who, who, had have, who would have voted for me? Nobody. Because I was a wreck, I was messed up. I lived a very terrible life. But Jesus Christ, in the midst of all that, he chose me. He chose you. So you are chosen. What that, that, does that mean? That means an ambassador is someone who, who is appointed and set apart for God's mission. So every one of us, in different ways of missions, you are a missionary that is sent by God to turn this world around. That's our assignment. Jeremiah 4.5, it says, Before I formed you, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. So this position of being an ambassador cannot be contested because it is an appointed title. It is an appointed assignment. You were chosen by the grace of God. So ambassadors will never be citizens in the country that they are serving. That means wherever you are sent by the government to serve, you cannot be a citizen of that country. Neither can your children be. We are here to live for now and accomplish the assignment that is sent, assignment that is given to us by God. Once we accomplish that assignment, we are on transition to a world where you don't have to pay bills. I like that part. <laughs> a story was told of a missionary by the name John Bride. He had been in missions for many, many years. He lived in Africa for 35 years being a missionary. And he was struggling because his wife was not well. She was on and off, sick, and went through everything. And he got discouraged after 35 years of missions. He decided to board the ship and head on to New York. Boarded the ship with his ailing wife. And he says he was crying all the way, thinking, God, all these years I've never enjoyed because my wife was always on and off, on and off for 35 years in the mission field. It happened that former President Roosevelt was also in that same ship coming from Africa to New York. They docked in New York, they put a red carpet for the president. And the president obviously walks out of the boat first. And then the missionary walks out with his ailing wife and there was nobody there waiting for him. After all those years, he became so bitter. And he cried as he left the ship, said, Lord, all those years I've been in missions for 35 years, I worked so hard and yet no one came to receive me in the state of New York. I don't understand. This man, the president, they put a red carpet for him. Here I was working for you all these years, but I have to walk with my ailing wife without anyone welcoming me. And the Lord came back to him and said, you are not home yet. That means anything that happens to us, we have to know that our home is not this one. This is a temporal place for every one of us. Whether we like it or not, we don't have to choose about that. It is set by God. He put you here to accomplish the mission. There's a purpose for you. We are all set apart for different missions. You might be here at Renaissance and you're thinking, but my assignment is so small, it's insignificant. There is a purpose for every assignment. There's a purpose for every one of us. 
So stay put and be excited because our God is able. So an ambassador is not someone who seeks his own glory. That means he cannot speak about himself. He has to speak about the country that is sending him. In John 8, 15, John 8, verse, verse 50, here's what Jesus says. However, I am not seeking the glory for myself. I think Jesus Christ is our first example of ambassador. And he says, I am not seeking glory for myself. There is one who seeks glory for me and judge those who dishonor me. So Jesus Christ is showing us that he's the greatest ambassador. He came here and he laid his life down for every one of us. And he did exactly what his assignment was about. He was not about him. That's why when they were catching him, they had to kiss him so that people would know who, this, who he was because he was so simple. But he knew his mission was to bring people back and restore them to God. As you know, and as I know, that in Genesis 1, we lost it. We all went astray. But God did not ever think of creating another set of people and say, you know what, forget this, I'm going to create another set of people here, the righteous nation. No, 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 no. God is a God of restoration. It took so many years for Jesus to be born, according to, to Isaiah, that a virgin shall conceive and shall bring birth to a boy and they shall call his name Emmanuel. And God took so much time to say, I still have to restore men back to me. So Jesus' mission was restoration. And ambassador's expenses are totally covered by the country that is sending. In Matthew 6, the Bible says, Therefore, I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat, what you'll drink, not about your body, what you'll put on. It's not life more than the food, the body than, that, the, than the clothing. And then down there, if you continue to read, it says, Therefore, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. That means when we seek to please the one who sends us, God then provides us. He provides for us all our needs. If you need healing, he says, Behold, I am your healer. I know there might be some people here like the people I met. When talking about healing, they said, What happens if you pray for me and I die? Then I go, well, then you don't need healing. You know what? Sometimes we think that God heals specific people. The Bible says, behold, Jehovah God is our healer. He sent his word to heal us. Well, I don't know about you, but I've met people that say, I don't believe in that stuff. So what do you believe? You're in the house of God. If you, if you don't believe that he heals, what else is out there? So I believe that Jesus Christ heals and he sent his word to heal us. Well, I don't believe in dispensation. Dispensation says he used to heal. But Jesus says, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So if you need blessing, he's here to bless you. I think blessing is the most important thing that you can ever ask. Because when you say, when I say I'm blessed, when you say you are blessed, that means God protects everything that you have. Let me close by saying this. In 2 Kings chapter 6, we have a story of Elijah. When the servant of the Lord, on chapter 6, verse 15, when the servant of God rose early in the morning, went out, behold, an army with horses and chariot was surrounding the city. Elisha's servant said to him, Master, what shall we do? I don't know how many of you have read this story. It's so interesting. 
Elisha, an ambassador of God, was surrounded by the Syrians. So his servant, Gehaz, gets out early in the morning. He looks out there. He saw that they were surrounded. And then he goes back inside the house and he says, Master, what are we going to do? We are surrounded. There's no chance for us. We're dead. And the Bible says, Elisha said, do not worry. Those that are with us are more than them that are out there. Now, how, how do you even explain this? He doesn't even go there to look. Before he says the statement, obviously, it's a human nature. Oh, really? Are there so many? Let me check it out. But Elijah continues with whatever he was doing, and he goes, don't worry. Without looking? Are you serious? Do you know that our eyes deceive us? I remember some years, this family, they, they had um, an issue in their family. They, they were losing babies whenever they were, was it 12 months, Gladys? 15? Whenever their babies were 15 months old, they would die. And so she had lost three. And so the fourth one, that's the time we were in that town preaching. So she comes to us and say, you know what? My baby is about to hit 15. I don't know the Lord, but I hear that you pray for people to be well. I'm going to lose this baby just like all the other babies. At 15, they die. I don't know what it is. So I wanted to pray for the baby. I tell you what, when you look at the baby, the baby is already showing symptoms which, <laughs> which connects the, to the past. And you look at the baby, you think, this baby is going to pass away right in my hand, and what does it mean to a preacher? <laughs> and so I gave the baby to my wife. We made a little saddle. Then we started to pray. We prayed simple prayer, Jesus Christ, you are the healer. First of all, we helped the lady to accept the Lord as a personal savior. So that would be in the same boat. When she did that, we prayed for the baby. And the baby made it through 15 months. And um, it was news in town. Because people knew this lady. And now she has so many kids. But I want to say this to say that when we looked at the baby, we thought this baby will not make it the next hour. Because eyes are something else and God is something else. When we look at our situation, we think we will not make it. How many times have you ever regretted and thought, it's going to be tough, man. It's going to be very rough. I don't think I'll make it. And it has been years ago. You are still here. So we count those things that are not as if they are. We prayed by faith. We said, God, you are the healer. It's nothing to do with us. We don't take the glory or anything. But we want you to manifest yourself to this woman. And God did just that. Simple prayer. Because it is God who is on our defense. It is God who is on our side. So Elijah said, do not worry because those that are with us are more than them that are out there. I think this is a confession for every one of us. Just to know that those that are on our side are more than them that are out there. It doesn't matter what kind of a situation it is. You just have to believe that. That God is on my side. Confess it every morning. Whether it's difficult to confess it when you think about it. Because your mind said, man, you're fooling yourself. Why are you fooling? This thing is real. And that, those are things that we have to fight against in the name of Jesus. And we, we claim the name of Jesus Christ. You might be sitting here today. You're thinking, this African is daydreaming, man. Do you know my case? 
My stuff is rough stuff, man. It's not about me. It's not about anybody. It's about our God who is greater than your stuff. He's greater than your situation. That's the one we are saving. He's greater than all the battles. The reason you are here is because you love him. That's why you're here. You love him. So I've come to encourage you to say, hey, jump over the hoop because he's on your side. So Elijah said, don't worry because those that are here. So the young man looks in the house. He doesn't see anything, but he just sees Elijah. What do you mean those that are? You see, the natural eyes don't see what God is doing. It's always impossible to see God with our own eyes because our own eyes deceive us. We are so fearful when we look. So the young man is imagining all the Syrians out there. He thinks, this old man doesn't understand. So when as the Syrians advanced, Elijah walks out. And he prays, simple prayer. I, I believe Elisha is a man who was talking to God. He prayed a prayer that he, is, he had never prayed before. You know, God is a God of new path all the time. This is why when you open your mouth, you say words and then you go, did I say that? I don't know where it came from. It's revelation. So Elisha said, God make them blind, all of them. It's he wasn't quoting any scripture there. He was taking his authority as an ambassador of Christ. That's all. So he said, make them blind, all of them. No weapons, but words. So they were all blinded. And he said, who are you looking for? They are look we are looking for Elisha. And he goes, let me show you where he's at. <laughs> now they're all blind. They have no choice now. They can't choose to go either direction because they don't see anything. So here they are lining up and he's taking them straight to the camp of Israel. Do you see the power of God? And when they, when they get there, he says, Lord, open their eyes. They open their eyes. They were humbled because they are now surrounded by Israelites. <laughs> How simple is that? I think that's the battle that I want. Simple battle. And let, because he let God fight for. So if God fights for you, it will be a smooth sail. And the cool thing about it, you, you surrender to him. And you let him take over. I know that Americans have never been under a king. So it's difficult sometimes to understand kingdoms. Kingdoms means you surrender and give up. The, f the first time I drove automatic vehicle, it was here in America. I put my foot on, they told me what to do. You, you, here's, you press this button, you put your foot down, and you click, then you put, take off your foot. It scared me to death. Because when I had my foot on there, and I click, the accelerator disappeared from my foot. It went away, and there was a gap there that scared me to death. I thought, I've just lost control of this vehicle. It's always good to have your feet on, because then you are in charge. But first timer, when you click that button and the accelerator creates a gap between your foot, it's, it's something else. It's like, I lost it. So it's, it's like, I'm no longer in charge. So we always want to be in charge of things. I want to see how God is going to do it. It's, it's nothing to do with us. Let's learn to surrender our situations to God. And say, God, you are in charge. I'm going to bed. And let God be in charge.
He's the one that will bring peace into your situation. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Renaissance Church Sermon Podcast. To support our work, you can like, share, subscribe, or you can donate at rind-church.org.